Bev's Video Kingdom is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Bev's Video Kingdom. We're BBKLA. We're in LA. Oh yeah, this is our road. We're in trip. L- We're road tripping and potting like crazy. We're not even in LA. We're in Hollyweird. We, we are, are in Hollyweird. We just took some pictures in front of the Hollywood signs like fucking tourists. Everybody was staring <laughs> we, at we us. Blocked, we blocked the street. We, we literally the, did. Middle of the street. Somebody just like honked at us. Like, hey, so, this is the BBK podcast. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I know you got places to be, but we're taking a picture here. All right. So we're doing hell or high water. I got Zach here. What's up, Zach? How's it going, everybody? I got Brad here. What's up, Brad? Hi, my name's Brad. And you know who else I have? I got Andrew Cromarty. What's up, Andrew? How's it going, guys? Hey, so uh, Andrew is a first time. He's he's gonna he's guesting on the pod as a as a regular sort of roundtabler here today. Andrew is somebody that we don't know except over the Facebook, the Rewatchables Facebook group page. So we, as you guys know, if you listen regularly at Bev's, we started because we were fans of the Rewatchables podcast, the Ringer Network, Bill Simmons. And uh, we started listening. We started thinking, hey, you know, we should kill some time during COVID and do uh, do a podcast that kind of makes pretends like it's the Rewatchables. And at the same time, we found the Rewatchables Facebook page. It's got tens of thousands of members. It's a great place for listening to uh, or for for like interacting and talking about movies. There's tons of polls on there. Frank Huang is, all, uh, Huang is always running uh, cool questions and polls and tournaments and things. There's lots of discussion of different movies. And so we're on there, uh, you know, commenting and doing things. And Andrew, recently they allowed fans to take over as admins. Is that right? Yeah, they, uh, I don't know exactly what happened. I actually think someone went down in the binge mode group and the, uh, uh, that wasn't great for the original admins. And I think they just decided they're going to hand over all those different groups to, to fans. And so they started accepting applications and, uh, I think they got about 50 or 60 and they accepted four of us, which is really cool. I didn't actually think I was going to get it, but yeah, that's cool. So, uh, so is it a ton of work? Uh, most of the time, no, mostly it's, you know, I don't know. You get like a moderation alert or two a day. It's kind of straightforward. What tends to happen is just not a lot. And then all of a sudden, like, like someone will post something kind of shitty and, and like stuff will blow up. And then there's 80 responses that are all flagged. And you're <laughs> yeah, like, oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no. And it, it's always the responses that are the worst. Part right. Too. I mean, the post can be, can be not great, but it's, yeah, it, stokes the ire in now, the other members of the group is, is the flagged person typically like a, a newer user or is it going to be somebody who already has kind of a existing beef with somebody else from the uh from the group oh it's definitely a little bit of both um so what you see with like newer members is they'll like come in they don't have like a sense of like how to share their opinion yet mm-hmm. so they'll just like come post on and be like Paul Thomas Anderson movies suck. And then like, <laughs> and then like they'll just get dragged in the comments. And then like, we have to go in and moderate when like name calling comes in and stuff yeah. like that. I'll fight you. It um, can get intense real quick. <laughs> especially. Yeah, if you, it can. Especially you throw, you throw PTA. And yeah. You say there. anything about yep. PTA, anything about PTA, anything Absolutely. negative about heat, everybody fights. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> so so anyway, so so Andrew's on there, and so we've interacted. Well, this is the first time we've ever seen or heard his voice, seen him or heard his voice because we've interacted with him on there. Um, always see him, you know. He's a he's a moderator, but he's also a regular poster, and so he's always got super interesting things to say. Kind of has a, a seeming seem you seem to have a really wide range of tastes and movies, and so uh, we I, we reached out a while back and said, hey, like you know, why don't you come on with us and, and do do a pod here's some movies we got coming up and you were like hell or high water i'm in so so let me start with you then what is it about hell or high water that that, why why is this the one you picked 
Well, I wish I could remember all the options. You gave me a few options, if I remember correctly. Um, but this is just one of my favorite movies of okay. the last decade. Um, it's, you know, part of it is it totally fits the the bill for as a rewatchable. You know, it's I think it's only like an hour and forty minutes long. It's tight and it's and it moves briskly. Yeah, it does. And like, I mean, it was nominated for best picture, and you don't usually see like a oscar nominated drama coming in at only an hour and 40 minutes right i don't know i yeah you you know this is like this movie actually comes up a lot in like in the rewatchables group comes up you know other other groups other places and it's one of the few movies that you don't i feel like it's not that divisive like people are just usually like yeah it's a great movie like, I, I can't wait to hear brad's it. take on this because he was he's i think he's gonna shit on it I, we'll, 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 we'll see we'll see we'll see so, i'm interested to hear because i don't yeah i really don't hear much negativity around this movie people are usually a fan ben foster is usually at the center of that conversation he's amazing. uh taylor sheridan as well yeah ben foster is amazing uh taylor sheridan as well i uh you know i don't know if you guys i'm guessing you've probably seen sicario wind river uh two of the other movies he's written he's you know, he does Yellowstone at this point. He basically is Paramount Plus um, with that in 1883. He's got a bunch of other stuff coming. Um, I think he's a great screenwriter. So it's I've just been a big fan. It's interesting. This one's a 2016 movie. Like you said, it's nominated for Best Picture. It it at the box office it does okay, right? So yeah. Um, so it's uh, it makes a little bit of money, uh, but it it doesn't like kill. It's not not huge. I feel like, I mean, you know, we don't get numbers after obviously the box office, but I feel like it's done really well probably since. I feel like it had, it was sort of a slow grower because you do see it show up a lot on forums and stuff. So Zach, what do you, what's your take on this? So my take is I had seen it already and I really liked it. And then we just did um, Big Lebowski. And so, you know, within a week I watched Big Lebowski and then followed that up rather quickly with this. And man, Jeff Bridges is just so sick. I mean, we knew, I knew it was awesome, yep. but he's just absolutely killing it in this. Uh, ben Foster, who I really dig in all sorts of stuff. Um, Chris Pine's okay. He, he's fine. He's great. I mean, he's not bad at all. I mean, I feel like he's kind of overshadowed by Foster and uh, Bridges in this, but I agree with you. I mean, I like almost all the Taylor Sheridan stuff. I really dug Wind River. Um, I really dug Yellowstone. I mean, he's actually like, he's great at being the cocky cowboy, right? Like he kind of does yeah. that in everything. Uh, and he has his little cameos and everything and he's great. So I dug it a lot. I think it's a great pick and uh, I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed when the movie was over and my wife was like, I loved that. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, like she wasn't like, I'm, de- I'm going to be depressed. She wasn't depressed, even though it's a pretty yeah. depressing, I mean, it's like a kind of a depressing movie but she wasn't depressed but she was like she was like i loved that and holy crap it's only like 8 30 and we were like dude like that's it's not even a three-hour movie it was awesome yeah it doesn't drag at all all right so brad you hated it (laughs) (laughs) i I didn't mean to give that impression that i hated it because that's that's not true at all because so it was my first time watching it um wait what do you mean we did it in the basement tapes no we didn't you you always think that we did but we did not Okay. You 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 constantly were always saying you, we're going to do that one of these days. We're going to do that one of these days. <laughs> He's definitely this is like the third or fourth time. Like we've already done this movie once, and we're like, no, we have not. <laughs> All right, fine. So okay, you hadn't seen it. So I hadn't seen it, and can I, well, sorry, just can we take a moment? Because I always like to do this. This 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 is include the, the movies that Brad hadn't seen until the pod include The Godfather, Shawshank Redemption, Warrior, Warrior, Hell or High Water. There, there's another one we're missing. Anything that you really like, I'm like hesitant. Such and Hereditary, you had not seen Hereditary. <laughs> such, such, such a People are like, has this guy seen any movies? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm on a movie. I like podcast. movies that I like. I haven't seen shit. I only watch movies that I haven't that I've that's, seen. Yeah, before. that's my brother's. All right, so, so you don't, so you don't, so you, so you, uh, you didn't love it. No, no, no. I, I, okay, 100% appreciate it. There's, there's a, a, a look to it, there's a feel to it that I really enjoy. And I know the writer, Taylor Sheridan is a, is a Texas boy. So it's like, I, I'm, I'm going to say that he's got that, that feel for it, but there's something that always feels a little like almost too far where it's like, these people are down on their luck and they're kind of gritty and, and low class and da, da 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 And it just, it almost feels like 
we got to make these Hollywood people feel like they're really like just down on their luck. And it just, it, sometimes it rubs me the wrong way where conversations like I, I the, the one that stood out and maybe it was just cause it was early in the movie. He comes in to interview the woman, the first bank robbery and he's in, 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 interviewing the old lady and he's like, so what color were they? Black, white, their souls or their skin or whatever she says like that. It was just yeah, like, that was heavy handed for it, sure. It just kind of was like, okay, look at this. This, this is what this is going to be. But in the same time, I enjoyed it. There's some problems I have with it. Ben Foster's character. I really liked, but then he goes psychopathic rampage, like just out of the blue. Like, yeah, they kind of portray him. He did some years in prison and stuff, but he still had kind of like a heart about him for the most of the movie until he turns into just a psychotic just crazy person at the end. And it just seemed kind of like unexpected. Like he's just gonna be like, later brother, I'm going to go shoot some cops and, and, uh, yeah, but, but and I'm done. So, but he'd already killed the, the t- in the bank robbery had already gone sideways. So like my read of that is he already knew he was in he, for murder. He's already in, he's, yeah. he's done. Like he, he's running, right? There's no way he, he gets away with it. His brother but didn't kill anybody. He thinks that like, Oh, my brother's going to get away, get away with this. I like, think he thinks there's a better chance of his brother getting away, especially if he splits and yeah, draws the if he goes away. and takes all the attention keeps going he Bro. gives chris pine hey, as much time this as he is can cla- away, it's, right? this is classic bank robber classic bank robber strategy dude but right? i still yeah. have problems that bank robber 101 that the fact that his brother and again this goes I'm, I'm jumping on my body bag here but i'll save it for a body bag but i have problems with that ending and we'll you don't think you don't think jeremy renner would have done the same thing for ben affleck bro <laughs> dude don't step on my fucking <laughs> come on dog yeah. right. let's just stomp on i was each just other. thinking about that earlier actually he ben foster's character is like basically gem Town. <laughs> by, by the way, I was saying earlier that I hadn't, we'd never seen Andrew before, and Andrew, you look kind of like Jem from the town, and you're from Boston, and I'm a little bit like, has Jem and Andrew been in the same room ever seen at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> I've he, actually heard that before. Really <laughs> that I look like Jem. Just fucking take care. I'll of take it. it. It's like whose car are we? Andrew's like, I'm like, you want to come on the pod? And Andrew's like, whose car are we taking? He's actually <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but I get it. Takes to take my car. <laughs> <laughs> so so okay. So here's here's my like thesis if i had to have a thesis about hell or high water so yeah it's it's nominated for best picture but then like it kind of doesn't it doesn't get talked it gets talked about consistently but not like i think as a pantheon like big huge movie and i would say that this is an underrated movie and it's an underrated movie because every single person or almost everybody in the movie is also underrated so like if i go through the main list what's chris pine done that like you know he's 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 captain kirk but otherwise, what serious acting role do you think of Chris Pine in? He looks like the guy that plays uh, Superman. Is he not the guy that plays Superman? <laughs> That's Henry Cavill. Yeah. Henry. So he's like skinny Henry Cavill to me. Yeah. Is that Henry, the guy that plays like- The Witcher? Big yes. dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's like skinny. He's like skinny so, witcher. I just get lost in his eyes. That's all I do. <laughs> I mean, I'm lost in his Brad, eyes constantly. Brad famously drafted Chris Pine from this movie in the Sexiest Man draft. And yes, so we know I did. Brad has we a know, crush yeah. on him. Look at that mustache. How? Can, I mean, they're just comparing mustaches. <laughs> I will say, though. So, so I wish I had his eyes. Well, who doesn't? So, so Chris Pine is underrated. Like, it, it, not I wouldn't say generally overall, but this performance is incredible. Ben Foster is perpetually underrated. How Ben Foster's not yeah. talked about is like in the total A list, always discussed as like potential major role. I don't know. Why do I? I think of him like as like a a better version of Scott Con though, which is weird. I mean, but he always that's plays exactly crazy my dude. fucking point. Like that, you would even say him in the conversation with Scott Kahn is insane because he's his he's chops so much are better. So good. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm saying that's how he's thought of as like kind of adjacent to that category. Okay, Jeff Bridges. Yes, I recognize that. Like he gets some due, and he's not been. He's not. He's not have a ton of roles where you're just like you know he's not Tom Hanks. But that guy, if he's in it, I'm fucking in. Right. Absolutely. Crazy heart. I'm in his like his like Lebowski. Neck, I'm in whatever his neck is doing in this movie. If that's part of the acting, <laughs> if there's some way that he is like protruding his neck out, it's like it's like a version of Brando with oh, the dude. stuff shoved in that's, his that's cheeks. Exactly what I'm yeah, exactly. Or like a yeah. Billy, Billy Bob and Sling Blade, where they're kind of doing something with their face that and makes you're them like look very different. Is weird and, and, and the way that he talks and, and changes his voice and everything. Yeah. yeah. So for me, right, like there's just a up and down. And I mean, the, the waitress that says, you know what don't you want oh she's great she's from a tv show that oh, he's, he's bound down underrated oh yeah she is the girlfriend and he's been like i'm, I'm saying really? yeah yeah oh yeah Kenny Powers? oh no no you're thinking of the different oh, waitress oh yeah no you're, that's the 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, thinking, waitress- I'm thinking about the young waitress that's no. kind of flirting with Chris Pine. No, she's talking- in a bunch of stuff. She oh, plays she's- the mom in American Housewife, I yeah, believe. She's yeah. Yeah, she's okay, that's, that's 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 yeah, she's in Eastbound. She's the girlfriend in Eastbound. That's who about. I'm talking about. You're talking about the older waitress that's yeah. like, what don't you want? Underrated. What wow. don't you want? <laughs> yeah. She's amazing. We got T-bones and baked potatoes. I feel like she really works at that restaurant. She's not even an actress. They were just like, hey, can you just come serve these guys? And they filmed her, and that's exactly I actually, I think something like I think I'm off my trivia. I don't I don't know enough research for that, but I, I bet you it's real. We're going to say, hey, guys, did you know that that was real? Did you, she was a real lady? <laughs> There'll right, be so, people that believe that. Okay, so let's, 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 let's put, a, put a pin in this for a second, and let's transition to our drinking with the director. Oh, all right, yeah. all right. Okay, and I'm going to open it up here, and I'm going to say, hypothetically, we don't just have David McKenzie here, but we have the ultra-hot Taylor Sheridan. As the writer, as the writer who is also most notably right now writing the wrote created Yellowstone, right? Which I haven't seen. Anyone else? Have you guys seen that? I've seen every episode. I'm not caught up on the four seed. It's good though. It, is it's it quite good? First, first yeah, it, season. Go ahead, Andrew. It. I mean, it's got you know vibes of his movies. I'd say it. Like you see a little bit of like his melodrama come out in points in Hell or High Water. It's pretty on display and probably the only downside of Yellowstone, but overall like the characters and the action and the storylines are all really good. And, and Cosner's the star. Cosner's a star, yeah. but, but the, yeah. uh, the, the woman that plays his daughter, Beth, uh, I do not know her name. She's a British actress. She's a, she's in Eden Lake, which is a British horror movie that I really like. And, uh, she's in she, flight. yeah. And she, uh, she friggin kills it dude i think she carries that whole show and she is just a force of nature on the screen in my opinion i think she's badass all right so when we drink with the director and in this case the writer we're drinking what are you drinking brad um right now we had uh zach and i we've been drinking a lot of bvk ipa and, and other delicious drinks right here but we had to slow it down a little bit so at the local uh oaks market the here, oaks in, here, here yeah the here oaks on, here in hollywood here in Fra- franklin village yeah, we we're, we got some Stone uh, Buena Vesa. It's their Mexican-style lager. It's got just a hint of lime, but there's a lot of lime lagers where that lime tastes kind of like Skittlesy, which I hate. But this tastes like like some legit citrus got in here. It's got a nice little flavor. It's really light, and uh, Zach and I are both killing it. It's pretty this. good. We hadn't eaten any food, and at 150, Brad and I were both like, let's start drinking like 7 8% beer. <laughs> and, uh, and now we're like, all right, we got to slow it down a little bit. It's only... Yeah, five twenty, and we're, we, we uh, had to downshift a little bit before we uh, hit it hard. Right, well, night, well, I'm drinking my diet and grenadine. I finally, I have been off the. I haven't. Ha- I've been out of grenadine this entire LA adventure until I went to uh, Gelson's over in uh, on 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 Franklin, and I loaded up on a little bottle of grenadine, and now I'm happy. What Wait, do you, you, you got whiskey with you? No, right now I'm just I'm okay. just grenadine and diet. I'm working up to it. Nate went to the uh, to the grocery store over here. Right, we're right at the base of the Hollywood Hills, and Nate went to the grocery store and he came out and he had this look on his face, and we're like, "You all right, dude?" And he's like, "I didn't see any celebrities in there." <laughs> <laughs> every other time I've gone into this grocery no, store, I see a celebrity in there, and I didn't no see any just now. I, I saw Polly Shore in the in the uh, uh, the uh, parking lot one time two times ago. The last time I saw the guy that plays the pirate in Dodgeball. Oh, that guy's great. Yeah, he was. I'm telling oh you, every God. time I didn't see him, I looked. I looked everybody up, and to, I was totally creepy about it. Stared everybody in the he was face, jogging through the aisle. Were you like, around. were you like, are you the pirate from Dodgeball? <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's me. I, that's what I sign on people's stuff. <laughs> Andrew, what are you doing? What, what are you drinking, Andrew? I actually kind of forgot we were doing this segment, so all I have on me is water. You know I what? Somebody, somebody's got to drink the guys, water. But... Might as well be you. Yep. All right. Yeah. Stay hydrated, bud. All right. So we're we're talking to the director and the writer. Anybody got any questions? They they just are dying to ask. I will say, as far as the director, again, this kind of goes to just I don't know why I get nitpicky on some of these types of movies, and it's just like, how many scenes can we have like a car driving down a dusty road it's like they really want to just lay it on thick with that like that that kind of like oh this is down home texas and it's gritty and it's and it's and you know we've got these dirt roads out here and these lone trucks driving but i think that's like really what texas is i mean a lot of texas is a lot of dirt roads 
Uh, Considering well, where we're from, I don't think that's the most ridiculous I, thing to have in the movie. We live in the dustiest fucking place on the like, planet. Like every other like filler shot between scenes is like there's another truck driving down a dust. Oh, I think it's I beautifully know. shot, but okay, I hear no, you. No, it's beautiful. I'm just saying, like I feel like the, some of those shots get a little. Brad light. was offended by the Texas dust. As I'm <laughs> <laughs> Do, so, so what year did this movie come out? 2016. And what year did the Coen Brothers? Uh, no Country for Old Men. It's 08. So, so this came out. Oh seven, oh eight. Yeah. So this. Yeah, one of those. So, 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 is this Andrew? I, I, I'm curious your thoughts. So, I mean, so I watched both of these movies within a couple of weeks of each other, and you can't help but connect with the retiring sheriff plotline, right? And the the thought that maybe the world has passed these guys by, and uh, I don't know. Do you think that they were going for like intentionally very similar to it, or is it just a happen to be a similar story? I'm I'm, un, I'm unclear. Was it was it? Uh, what do you think? Uh, that's a good question. I don't. I there's a lot in common with Jeff Bridges and Tommy Lee Jones's yes. characters. Um, I feel like Jeff Bridges is a he's basically Tommy Lee Jones's character with like more of a sense of humor. Yeah. So he has a great racist. he has a great sense of humor. I agree. I think I think throughout he uh, he maintains kind of his wry wit. And, and that's the thing yeah. that that connection with that movie is the fact that you have kind of the two separate uh, ongoing plot points of here's the the cop trying to deal with the situation and then here's like the but it's not just a involved. cop it's like an aging Texas lawman right yeah who is like yeah. towards the end of his twilight of his career exactly he's like the world has like I said earlier the world's kind of passed him by he's kind of like you know he's ready to fight crime and whatever this old he's like we're just gonna sit here and wait for these guys to come and yes he may be effective and both of them end up, or maybe they catch the bad guy in no country I don't know but I just feel like. I don't know. It's just, it's just very similar. And I feel like after this, you know, Bridges retires obviously. And it's just, it's the same, it's the same thing. And I love them both. And I feel like they're both really well done. It's just weird to me that, uh, there could be two super popular movies like that, both for best picture. Right. I think. Yeah. Old, old country. Right? Yeah. All, uh, no country one. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. wild. It's a, it's, it's a really interesting fodder for, for new Westerns. I think there's a big appetite for modern Western stuff as evidenced by the popularity of Yellowstone, right? I mean, I think, I think there's a big appetite for that out there. Absolutely. I actually, so I posted in the rewatchables group, I rewatched the movie last night. Okay. While I was watching, I posted in the group and I was like, I think this is use the rewatchables term apex mountain for, uh, Neo Westerns. And then someone came back and was like, no, it's no country. I was like, yeah, probably is. But (laughs) and, I was trying to think of some other ones. You have these two. Someone said Logan, which I know is a superhero movie, but that's I think that's a pretty great Western. Yeah, and um, definitely. But there's not as many as I thought, but you'd also have to account Yellowstone, Justified. Yeah, Justified's um, a good one. Yeah, but I agree. I think there's... I haven't watched 1883 yet. I know that's um, now that's one a of the newer prequel, ones. right, to Yellowstone kind of? yeah. Um, I, I do. I agree. I think that there's a demand for, you know, more of these modern Westerns. I think it's pretty cool. I feel like it's cool to know that like, there's a place where you would be more likely to, if you live there, you would be more likely to jump on your horse and go somewhere than get in your car and go somewhere. Like, well, my, my town I grew up in uh, legitimately, uh, I was at a bar called the cow track and, and uh, my town calls itself the cowboy cap of the world. And I was in the bar when a guy rode in on his horse into the bar and the bartender gave him a beer and he was sitting on his horse in the middle of the bar. Drinking his beer? Drinking a Coors Light. That's yeah. the most Oakdale story I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> so, so I want to put, I would want to push both the writer and the director on like some of the themes and ask where they came from. The first one, which I really truly identify with is the fact that I fucking hate banks. So like, I, I, I feel like one of the, if there's th- a bad guy in the movie. It's, it's definitely the, banks, the banks, right? Like there, there's yeah. no, there's no worse villain. Right. And, and uh, I love one of the quotes. Uh, you sort of like you throw away from bridges. Oh, that looks like a man who could foreclose on a house. Excuse me, Mr. Banker. <laughs> it's like a little subtle dig, you know? Um, so like, I love the, I, I like that as like the villain is this, this institution that pretty much everybody, no matter what their background or persuasion is, unless you are a banker and make your living from it, you're like, fuck the bank. 
So I like that one. And I kind of, you know, am curious about that take. I also think that the other thing, you know, that's here obviously is that there's the, the, the loyalty between the brothers and, you know, you talk a little bit about in this, they're not brothers in the town. Right. But like it has that same feel as, as, you know, Jim's loyalty here, you know, he, he, you know, he, he, he asks him at one point, right. For me, one of the critical scenes in the movie said like, why'd you agree to do this? And he goes, because you asked me to little brother. Yeah. Right. And that there's a, you yeah. know, and we've talked to other times on the pod about like friendships that have this quality, but there's also like, you know, that, that element of, of brotherhood and a family where it's like, there are certain things where you're just, you know, if you get asked, despite maybe your better judgment, there are people, there are certain people in your life and in the world who could ask you to do certain things that you would never choose to do in your right mind, except that you were, they asked you to do it. Now I'm not, everybody's, you know, going to go and like kill people for, you know, you're not going to kill people for everybody. Although they're, you know, speaking from personally, right. There's a handful of people that like, if they harmed somebody I loved, I would, but I'm just saying there's this, uh, that element seems to me like it might be the underlying like key moving point in the entire movie. And I wonder where it comes from, right? Like, why is that important for them to get across and why in this way? Now, did they ever say what he did 10 years for? You can pause. Well, is it for killing the dad? Oh yeah, yes, he, that's right. Mentions he kills their dad, but I wonder if that was, I thought he got why? away with that. They said they, they couldn't was, pin it on. Yeah. Him. They couldn't pin on it. Cause like, it was like, Oh, well, it was a hunting was... accident in the, in the shed of their, uh, yeah. of their like ranch. Okay. Okay. I, I don't remember. Yeah. If they, they, okay. I thought maybe he got manslaughter for that. I think, I think maybe he did. He didn't get murder. He, that's why he I, went to jail. But he also said, I he thought was, he said he did that when he was like a kid. Like I thought he was like a, a high schooler. When I he think he was like a teenager. Yeah. But I don't know. But I, that's the thing is like, I mean, what is Toby's like, what, did he recruit? his brother like yeah, i think yeah. he, i think he called his brother they yeah. obviously hadn't seen each other in a while so. i think he called his brother and was like hey this is my plan i'm gonna rob all these banks i'm gonna pay off mom's debt she so left the ranch they, to so me they get I'm the gonna, oil money i'm gonna leave it yeah because they have to pay it off so they own it and then they could bring in their own people to get the oil money, get the yeah. oil and give them a better stipend than what the mom had signed away which was like they said it was like a quarter or like barely enough to keep her alive or whatever yeah. That was how much she was getting from the oil company. So once they paid off that mortgage and the oil company or the Texas Midland Bank didn't own like part of the property, then they were able to get the all the profits from the oil, right? I mean, I feel like there yeah. it's it's an interesting direction to go and like that obviously gets the plot going, but it seems I mean, obviously I don't know, you can always question people's judgment, but it's like you're going to be able to find a benefactor who's like yeah, dude, if you guys got this much profit for like this small fee, I'll help you. I'll front you the money so you can get this back. And then you just give me a little bit and you guys are going to make a shit ton of money. Says the guy with a bachelor's degree. And, and you're <laughs> yeah. just like, you know what I mean? These guys aren't thinking like that. Yeah. These guys are thinking, how are we going to get this money? And I need to get it in four days. And who do they know that trusts them in that time period? That are like, they're like, oh, you're not here. You're going to have some money. They don't know people with that kind of money, dude. I mean, the guy, they yeah. live in the dust bowl. Yeah. You, did you not see all the dust coming up from the roads when they trucks. were driving? Rich people don't. <laughs> come to where the dust there's is. dust on the roads <laughs> there's a lot of dust flying in the air every time they drive a lot of dust a lot of lonely roads <laughs> um <laughs> all right so some other uh some other really like great moments that i that i sort of want to just throw out for some discussion because i think these are sort of the in some of the inspired points so uh the the diner scene i already mentioned right like they go in and she says what don't you want yeah. and it's like a great piece of comedy it's not really comedy. I mean, it's intentionally supposed it's, to be it's, fun. It's a little bit of comic yeah. relief in the middle there. Yeah, it is. But I'm just saying, like, it it's has not a, slapstick. It's not Billy Madison. Well, <laughs> you wish I'm sloppy, Jones. <laughs> <laughs> That's not There's too far some really from that funny either. parts of this movie, honestly. Like, even the beginning when he's like, call me stupid again. And then, like, the scene ends, he's just like, you're stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> always like that. Like, there's some good humor in the movie. Well, and like in terms of light stuff, like maybe my single favorite mo- scene of the movie is the gas station scene. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and that's not just like, it's, it's sort of fun. Cause like he beats the shit out of that dude. who's kind of a clown, but it also like gives you an important piece of information. You don't really get anywhere else in the movie about, uh, about Toby. Right. Which is like, that dude's a fuck. He's a badass. Like, he's, yeah, he's, he's, a dog the, he's the level head of the two of them. But he is a savage. Like yeah, that kid, a, that guy in his age. younger days would have, you know, beat somebody senseless. 
Um, and then I, I got a question real quick, just for, for all of y'all is that, yeah. So you, you might hear a little background noise. We're, we're in a hotel room and, and there's it's hot as fuck. Four of us. We're it's melting. Like, it's a little hot with this equipment <laughs> and shit. So now I can't I, really hear it. It's not too bad. Yeah. I, I don't think it'll show up too much. If you can hear it and you want to tell us that we suck because we had to turn the air conditioning on. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> now I lost my train of thought. So yeah. Fuck Nate, you too, Brad. Continue yeah. I'll, I'll remember what I was going to ask about. There's a question. Throw it out and ask us all something. Yeah, now you you can no, you can start with what you were gonna say. Oh, well, I was just gonna say. So, in some ways, this movie is also um, like the the inverse of old of No Country, and we're making this comparison. But in No Country, they you know the the knock on it or the comment is like it it doesn't doesn't end right. Like it doesn't give you an ending. This movie, I think, doesn't give you a beginning. Right, and one of the things I really like about it is. You know, you're sort of asking the question like, "Oh, did he recruit him? Right? How does he? How do they? You know, why don't they try something else? Right? It doesn't start you off, say, with the mother dying and him contacting his brother and them making this plan, which is what a lot of movies would do. Right? Throws you right into the middle of it, and that's why it's yeah. an hour and forty minutes. That's right. why there's not an extra thirty minutes before of, of just shit to get started. Setting up his story, right. you don't even know the story or the plan for forty-five minutes of the you're movie. Two minutes in, in this one, you're two minutes in, and they're robbing a bank, and you have no idea why. Right for forty five minutes yeah and for me i think that's what makes this movie special it's more than just really good right like the movie's special partly because they decide to make they make that choice right off all right my my question for for y'all is that in the end of this movie you have a a very cool scene between uh um, jeff bridges and and toby is it a mutual respect that develops in just that little short time that the discussion? Because they also talk about like they're willing to like blast each other. I think it's mutually assured destruction. Yeah, you think I it's, think, you, you, is there yeah. mutual is there mutual respect gained? I think Bridges respects him. Bit. Yeah, go ahead, Andrew. It's a good question. The, that that scene stuck out to me when I rewatched it because I actually forgot that like they almost are about to have a shootout like right there, right there until on the, porch. the wife. And, yeah, until the wife and the kids show up. I kind of remembered it as being mutual respect and there probably is a little bit. He does tell Toby, you know, this was smart. You planned this. I don't know. I, yeah, I think it was, I think they were, it was more heated than I remember that that's really what it was. The respect only goes as far as like he respects him because he was doing this for his family and he can see that he was doing it for his family. He's not the type of guy, like he said, that's going to go out and buy a flashy car and uh, show off whatever money he got or whatever deal he got out of this. I think he respects that, but he hates him so much for killing his best friend. And I think yeah. the, the react, I mean, one of the, one of the, the best moments in a, in a movie full of Jeff Bridges, just fucking killing it. Maybe the single best moment is his reaction when his partner gets shot. Right. It's so authentically like he's, he's immediately overwhelmed, right? Really upset, but it really kind of restrained and like, you know, turns it into kind of like a a moment of like real adrenaline because now all of a sudden he's trying to get him out of the fire and he's trying to get everybody else back. And you just can see it like at a level where, where there's very little meaningful dialogue at that point. But in his like body languages and reactions, you really follow like you know the way he feels about that in a way that's super authentic, right? I, I think that's one of my favorites. Well, when they're going up the hill and like they're gonna get like they're gonna they're gonna flank him, and, and he's like, I'm gonna take this shot. Like, I mean, that's 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 a pretty damn. Yeah. And he's out of breath, and he's covered in sweat, and he's obviously showing his age, and he still you know keeps it together. I, I don't love that shot. If that was really a 500 yard shot, and he shoots it on his knee like that, zero chance he hits. <laughs> you know, I've so? no dude, no. There's no way. If it was a hundred yard shot, he might hit him but 500 yards with a, a rifle he doesn't know uh and from That's from tough. the from the knee like that like maybe if he laid down and put like a backpack down and laid it on top of it and like Stay, they talked yeah. about the wind for a while and he the guy told him you know this gun tends to shoot a little bit left and a little bit high or whatever it is then maybe he makes that shot but it was a hero shot. And it makes the movie awesome. But maybe it was as a bad somebody shot and he just got lucky. As somebody that shot guns, and <laughs> yeah. maybe it's because I'm admittedly not very good at shooting guns. <laughs> but I mean, there's there's zero chance he does it from his knee like that. Can Anyways, say, to your to your point, Nate, about um, his reaction yeah. when uh, what's his partner's name? Alberto. Again? Alberto. Alberto. When Alberto gets shot, that remind. I mean, first of all, he's making one of his. It's mid Native American joke. 
when he gets shot. Like he's about to be oh, like, yeah. go up there and tomahawk him and yeah. just right through the eye. Yeah. But there's also that scene in the motel when, you know, he's like in Alberto's room yeah. and they're flipping through the channels and Alberto's like trying to kick him out of the room. And you actually see how upset, like hurt by that is because like that he doesn't have much. Yeah. He's kind of a lonely, lonely old man. And just, you can, yeah, he is. Exactly. Yeah. He doesn't even know what to do with himself when he's alone either. He like can't sleep. He goes outside. And he, that. he wants to constantly talk shit to Alberto, but at the same time, he also constantly wants his companionship. Right. I mean, rest exactly. in peace to my grandpa, but my I, he, Jeff Bridges in at different times in his career has reminded me, especially in this character reminds me a lot of my grandpa, my grandpa, he was a shit talker. He talked a lot of shit to people and was just kind of like a grumpy old man. But at the heart of it, it was kind of because he was kind of a lonely guy. Like if, if he was by himself, yeah. like he was kind of depressed. And it, but but if people were around, he was kind of mean to him. But at the same time, <laughs> it was just because that was his way of showing affection. And and, and it, so it, it definitely kind of reminds me of my grandpa. And and, and I, I appreciate that 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 aspect of his personality. Well, and, and I mean, and that's a you know that's a type that endures. I think even now for sure. But of that era, right, like it was kind of an archetype, right? Like the way that yeah. men interacted with each other when they were supposed to be being macho and not overly emotional or vulnerable was to give each other yeah, constant fine. shit. Like this now, podcast. On this podcast, I we, wouldn't say, we would never that. do that. We don't do that kind of thing on this podcast, but in other places at other times. Um, all right. So, anybody, anything else we want to kick to the the writer or director before we go to the uh, snag and shagging and body bagging? I just want to offer them one last uh, uh, chance to you know re- redo the the final song of the movie. Ooh, what are we going to put on? <laughs> we and on and this, this was actually I wrote this before uh, uh, before an event that occurred last night. Uh, last night the uh, the the drummer for Foo Fighters, uh, Taylor Hawkins, oh, was found dead at fifty yeah. years old. And pretty tragic news. Amazing drummer, amazing musician. Um, but I had suggested at the end, talking about that kind of mutual respect in that final scene, that as he's walking away, what if all of a sudden my hero from Foo Fighters comes in <laughs> <laughs> as like the worst possible <laughs> song to play at the end? There goes my hero. <laughs> just playing that would just be atrocious. But I, I, I like it. I mean, you like it? You 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 ready for the the, the director's cut? <laughs> Honestly, that's actually a funny one for a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> But I actually had that down on my on my sheet before before last night. So we're we're obviously filming this the night after uh, Taylor Hawkins passed away. So rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. All right. So let's go to uh, snag shag. I mean shag snag and body bag. As as Anton Chigurh walks down the road, it's just like there goes my <laughs> and it just fades to black. I love that. Wait, did you mention shag snag body bag? I think I did. Is it a one-night stand, or do you hit it with a shovel, or take it home to mom and dad? It's like, fuck, marry or kill, it's Shag Snack Body Bag. Ah, Scotty. Scotty back, coming Scotch through. back, our hero. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> this guy just hangs out and makes us awesome shit all the time with, with music, and he just is like, thank you guys for letting me do this. Or, <laughs> or he'll, like, he'll like super nervously play that exact track, exactly. exactly how it is with all the production and perfectly written and perfectly played and sung, and he'll be like nervously be like, like I don't if you guys it. don't like it, I, I can do it <laughs> different. <laughs> uh. And we're just like, oh my God, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... We're shagging. We're taking something that we that we like. We want we want we want it a lot, and we want it real quick and early and fast. <laughs> but then we're gonna let it go. No, that's not the way you guys shag. Then we're gonna okay. we're gonna put it in the laundry. <laughs> uh, Brad, what do you got? All right, my shag is the uh, the is he is it Cherokee? No, no, no. Is that what what first Comanche? Name? Comanche. Comanche. That's right. So so the the, the Comanche dude at the poker table. Um, it's a very weird scene, but uh, as, as somebody who's a, a, a big fan of playing poker, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I play cards and I, I like to play cards a lot and I probably watch on any given week, probably a couple hours worth of, of YouTube on po- uh, videos on poker. So, but that's a card guy. That's that guy, the, the Ben Foster character, sort of tweaky, a little like at the table, like leaning forward, talking shit, looking at everybody, making big bets. Like those guys exist in the casino. Oh yeah. And, and they usually make a lot of money, but by, they, they, they make a lot of money and then they usually dump it by the end of the yep. night. And it's like, you're just trying to get in every hand with them. Cause you know, they're going and to you just, just give you their money. But you point. almost screw yourself because you want to be in a hand with them so bad. Cause they're so <laughs> and annoying and you yeah. want to beat them. You're like, Oh, I'm going to push this. Oh. Exactly. But my shag in this is, is seen into somebody's soul when you're at the poker table and, 
and uh, uh, Ben Foster shoves a bunch of chips in, and that, that dude starts staring them down. He's just looking at them, and they have a little conversation. And it, it's called a hero call in poker, where you basically like, you're like, I might not have much, but I've got this guy beat, and he's bluffing right now. And you shove your chips in, and you call them, and then they turn over shit, and you're like, that's right. And you're bringing those chips into you. Uh, I, I love hero call. Hero oh. call is like your, your, probably your favorite moment in poker is when you can call somebody's bluff and, and you catch them and, and you rake the chips in. So. It's, a, it's a little heavy handed, but I love the line of, uh, you know, what does Comanche mean? It means always enemies or something like that. Yeah, it means enemy. And he says, enemy to, you know, enemy to who? And he says, everyone. everyone. He says, you know what, what that makes me? And he says, Comanche. Comanche. Yeah. Which and I it's, love. It's, it's a badass nice line. I love it. It is. It really is. So no, that whole scene. I just I love the uh, uh, at the poker table. It's a great feeling when you call somebody's bluff and and you don't have much, but you know you got better than them, and and you're right. So Andrew, fine. Andrew, what are you shagging? We kind of already touched on it, but I'm going with neo westerns. Gotten quite a few lately. I I think they've all been really good, and hopefully we'll be getting more. I'm sure. I mean Taylor Sheridan, like I mentioned, he's got like five shows in production. They're coming. Soon, so I'm get. Yeah, I'm guessing they'll all be in that vein, and I'm very excited. Well, I, I looked up the, the, the his new uh, a movie he's got in pre production called Fast, and it's it's the the DEA is sending like these guys to kind of infiltrate uh, some drug dealers who are protected by the CIA, and so I'm like, oh, that's right do up they, my alley. Where like, do they race street different, race cars? Different agencies are like <laughs> in, in combat with each other, and it's like illegal shit, and people are dipping into the illegal from the government or dipping dipping into illegal stuff like. I'm like, okay, I'm all in on that. Let's let's do it. Yeah, I didn't even know about that. That's yeah, inject that into my veins right now. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> um, yeah, I figured he was just busy with TV. I didn't realize he had another movie coming. That's great news. Yeah, Zach, what do you got? Seems like a pretty re- prolific writer. I would I would think he's probably got a bunch of stuff in production. He's definitely on the way up. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm gonna shag the relationship between the brothers. Real quick, again. I gotta stop, but just because director of that movie. Gavin O'Connor. Oh, war that written by Taylor Sheridan. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. I'm already in. I, I, I'm I, somebody so, pre. So the warrior it. guy with a Taylor Sheridan movie. Yes. Yeah, and it's all about like government. Like, are intrigue. the national involved? <laughs> Probably. What have. about Tom Hardy's traps? Are they going to be there too? <laughs> <laughs> no, no actors attached yet, but I'm sure those traps are just T- waiting. Tom for Hardy's us. traps are everywhere all the time. They should so, be. You, know. <laughs> you can see them from from here when the, when the light is dim and it's a clear night. You can, you can see, see Tom yeah. Hardy's traps. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that it looks like at first interested it was was Chris Pratt, which I'm like I'm glad they're not going that direction. Maybe. Yeah, he was going to be doing his Luigi voice, which is going to be uh, his Mario voice. <laughs> I like me some Chris Pratt. That'll be interesting. It's a me. I'm a cowboy. <laughs> Wait, if, it's not. It's not BBK unless uh, Zach doesn't Italian. Uh, Italian. I'm voice, good so. at Italian, bro. Everybody thought I was Italian right now. <laughs> All right, Zach. What do you got? What's your What's your What's your shag? I wish Nick's hairy arms were here. God damn it! What are we saying? Shagging. I'm shag- I interrupted oh. your shag to talk about Gavin O'Connor, so I apologize. I'm shagging the brothers' relationship. I think it's yeah. I think it's awesome. I think it's realistic. I love how they haven't seen each other in a long time. And that first conversation after that bank robbery, they're back at the barn, and the brothers like starts to get a little bit emotional. And then he's like, "Fuck mom," blah blah blah. And the other one's like resentful of him because he took care of mom. And just like that, that whole dynamic in relationship, the one brother knows he's a, knows he's a fuck up, even though the younger brother is also a fuck up. He's less of a fuck up, hasn't been to prison, hasn't gotten in trouble with the law yet. He knows that the younger brother still can save himself. And so he sacrifices himself to save the younger brother. I mean, that's just the ultimate shit. I never had a brother. Like I never, my sister's never done anything bad in her entire life. There's never been a situation where I had to like save her from anything. Or she's like, why'd you decide to write rob this bank with me, Zach? Yeah, exactly. And I'll be like, you asked me to. (laughs) We we grew up with a, uh, there was a set of brothers in, in the town we grew up in that were one was like psychotic and like out of his mind, and the other one was a mess as well. But uh, you just a little bit, like a, ten sets of brothers <laughs> that we know. A little bit later, like <laughs> I, I, this, this uh, a colleague of mine that I worked with, she said she was married to this guy, and I was like, she said the name of, of the the brother who was kind of like not as crazy. I was like, oh, you're married to him. I was like, oh, I grew up with him, and I was like, how's he doing? And she's like, oh yeah, he's doing good, and he seemed like he's got his his life together. But his brother was just like a psychopath, and I was like. Kind of wild. Oh, I know exactly. It took me a minute to figure out who you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, about. and but the yeah. little brother was just straight up crazy. Like he, yeah. he, he had all sorts of drug problems, meth, yeah. and stuff like that. But. So, so my, my shag here, and I, it's not like me necessarily to be the artistic cinephile, but I'm going with it. 
So the movie. Not like you to do that. The art. I'm usually the. Uh Zach, I'm the philosophical <laughs> cinephile. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry about yeah, that. There'll be yeah. a cut, and he's like, I don't know what a cut is. Get it right. <laughs> it's a beautifully shot movie, and the music is sort of pairs with the some of those like long Texas, you know, sunset type scenes. So like that vi that sorrowful violin that starts at the beginning is kind of haunting, and it's and and it, it comes in a lot when you're sort of in the transition scenes, and for me right like it never lets you stray away from like the movie itself I don't think is overall melancholy, but it doesn't ever let you stray away from like some of the weight of it like so for me like those shots and the the music are just so like present in every transition so that you always kind of keep that, like that very like low key mood for the movie. And I just, I like, I, I love it. And love it. Especially like the stuff where they're, where they're trying to show that the town is sort of destitute. Yeah. So, and they're yeah. going around and there's like all the like rundown and like a bunch of like, you, you know, mean all the trucks on the dirty cars parked on dusty lots. roads, lots yeah. of dust. Yep. <laughs> dust. A lot of car washes. Cause there's so much dust. Okay. So what are we, so, so Andrew, you kick us off here. What, what, what do you want to snag? What's your favorite thing? The one, thing you want to take if you only get one thing from this movie i only get one thing from this movie i'm gonna go with ben foster and his dialogue just some of the lines that he gets to say in this movie are so great like you'd think there's 10 of me yeah, uh, mountain so, lion. and he never moves his head either it's so good right yeah mountain lion mean that's a great one yeah. only assholes drink mr pibb <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my. It's favorites. so he's so unworried about that kid talking shit to him and pulls the gun out. He never looks up or moves or anything. And he just right? is so fucking. He's amused. And he's amused. He like cracks jokes at his brother. Oh, you remember yeah. the gun now? <laughs> Look at yeah. he, he comes in on that chick at the bar uh, at the casino. And he's like, "Oh, you're trying to roll my brother?" And he's like, "But then he starts just immediately going into like just dirty like." Scumbag. He goes hard yeah. on that lady, that yeah. poor prostitute. And then, she, and then she walks away. She's like, "You're fucking crazy." And he's just like, "Call me." <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, all right, yep all right what are you snagging bro uh my snag is jeff bridges and it's it's interesting because jeff bridges career to me is is weird because uh as a kid i loved tron i mean tron was just like my jam i loved everything about it i watched it a bunch um and i thought like this guy's great he's good in tron and then there wasn't really anything i saw him in between that, like he was in some stuff, but I just never really saw anything that like that that stood out. And then he comes through with Lebowski, and it's just like, okay, goddamn, this guy's amazing. And that's that's I felt like, yeah, that's what I saw in him. Like here he is, this guy's amazing. And then it's like, since then, it's just been just hit, hit, hit. Like just he's he's great, and he just shows yeah. that he's his. Oh, he comes from I mean, a a family of actors. Like the fact that he is just making his own way. It's not like I'm on daddy's coattails or anything like that. He, he has just developed himself as like, I'm legit. My brother, Bo is, is shit. I'm the man. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's the, it's the trifecta of, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff, but if you look at Lebowski, Hell or High Water and, uh, and crazy heart, those three, cause again, he's not a volume guy, but I'll put those three performances up against I mean, almost any other actor's three, you know, any three performances. And, I, and he's in the conversation for me. Yeah. I just, I, I'm, I like it so much that, yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with that. Well, and then for me, when he combined Tron and Big Lebowski into Tron Legacy and basically was like, oh, now I'm the dude, but in the Tron universe, that was even <laughs> like, that was icing on the cake yeah. for me. I, I loved it. He's so, great in uh, True Grit. The true yeah, yeah that's, a, that, that's a good rooster. He was really good in that. Rooster Coburn. Yeah. yeah. So, so I have written down Jeff Bridges as everyone's favorite old man. So Brad, <laughs> Brad touched on it earlier because he said that it reminded him of his grandpa. And so we, we were watching it. We watched it with some people. And, like, two of the people watching it were like, oh, my gosh, this so much reminds me of my stepdad or grandpa, grandfather or whatever it was. And I think that, uh, you know, just that, the, the older, you know, kind of dry sense of humor, but like super principled kind of like, pr like, you know, older sheriff type guy. That's what a lot of, even if you're not a sheriff, even if you're a guy that's retired from the steel mill or whatever it is, you still, that's who you want to be. And that's how you portray yourself. Right. I mean, I feel like that's like, uh, that's a, definitely a thing, especially where we live in this, in the ag community that we live in. Don't shout you shout out to the old men. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Scott loves old men. <laughs> um, 
So I, I'm going to take, and I think I've actually taken this one from another movie before, and I can't remember. I, I'm snagging the setting right of the movie as a character in the movie. The dust. The dust. Okay. So I want to snag the dust. So I'm going to take exactly the opposite of Brad. So so I love. It's not that I particularly like. I get what you're saying about like I'm not a big sympathist to the like, you know, the Texas mentality of like you know we're all gonna you know sort of the, the Southern Baptist like you know thing that you're you're picking up on, but I am all about the fact that Texas has a particular character, right? Both the physical landscape of it, a lot of dust. And the sort of mentality, everything from the sort of accents to the the destitute towns to the fact that, in fact, there's a shit ton of concealed carry guns. And it really it felt almost cartoonish, except it probably really would happen that way where every fucking person in that town would have a gun. And there's eight dudes in truck pickup trucks and SUVs like chasing after him. Every one of them with like dreams in their head of like, I'm going to shoot this motherfucker. right And 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 three of them would have shot each other because, you know, who knows who the bad guy is and everybody's got guns out there. Yeah. So for me, like a big part of this, uh, the movie is the fact that it's it can't really take place. There's a lot about the movie changes. I mean, the oil, right? You're not going to find oil randomly on in very many places, right? Except maybe Texas and Oklahoma. Taft, California. Or Taft. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unless you want to talk <laughs> best of times. Um, so there's not the, the unique configuration of, of, of things that happen because of the setting are pretty unique to that place. And so for me, like, it's not that I love it, but I love the use of a place in that way in a movie. See, but the funny thing to me is that, that all that reminds me of is, is they came together where at the beginning of the movie they're talking about, but there was a third character in, in, our, in, our, in our scenario, and it was like, the city of New York. Yeah. Oh, you mean like city of New York was like a third like character in the movie? My favorite yes. character in this movie is West Texas. <laughs> That's, I mean, it just, it, to me, it was just a little like heavy-handed, like, yeah, this gritty Texas, this is, this is an important part. You got to appreciate this to be Brad, like... Brad was so offended by I don't know dust. why. I don't, I don't know, know why. why the why dust was a guy from so the cowboy much. capital of the world. He's like, oh, you know what? I hate cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> rabble, rabble, rabble. All right. Uh, Zach, what are you body bagging? I'm body bagging... Uh, just it makes me so sad to see I we're from a small town where there's a lot of dust and it makes me so sad when they do the pan through of the guy driving down the road and all the houses are abandoned and you know shuttered up and just people are doing badly and there's crime and all of that stuff man and we, we're seeing that where we live and people are seeing it in West Texas and people are seeing it in Southern California and people are seeing it in all over the U.S. And uh, it makes me sad, man. I love I love growing up in a small town. I love raising my kids in a small town. And I would hate to think that you turn it into a dystopia. Somehow, well, I mean, you know what? <laughs> Where we live, if we lost the if we lost the the canal water, if we lost access to that water. No one would live where we live. My house that's True. worth however many hundreds of thousands of dollars now would be worth nothing quickly. You know what I mean? So it's interesting to think about. Yeah. I just try not to think about it. Yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, what are you going to body bag? Which, uh, which, which thing are you choosing? So, so my body bag is, is, and it goes back to the end. I said I was going to talk about the, the end. It's the dust I got. And, okay, it's, and it's at least three innocent people are killed in, in, in the, the basically kind of the towards the finale here. And in the end, we're supposed to be like semi rooting for Chris Pine just because he loves his kids and the banks are bad. It's like, I don't think West Texas lawmen are going to be like, eh, you know, he was doing it for a good cause. You killed our buddy, but you know what? You're a pretty good guy. We're going to let you go. But that's, that's the whole point. That isn't that, isn't, that's the whole isn't point. that Jeff Bridges like yeah. point? Uh, but it's not just Jeff Bridges. There's a lot of other people in that department that I'm sure cared about Alberta. He's not the only one that cared about it. It makes it sound like they, all the cops are just like, eh, fuck it. Like there was uh, two of them, but point. just one guy got away with saying. it. Like yeah. so, they're, so nobody bringing, else they're cares bringing about that guy down hard. They are bringing him down so fucking hard and he's getting all the charges brought against him. I think he covered his tracks, though. They couldn't like connect yeah. all the dots they needed to, 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 you know, to put it on him. And and they say that. And That's if he did was. connect the dot or, or, or cover his tracks, there's some some dudes that are going to be kicking the shit out of him or he's going to have a bad day very and i think that's exactly the point of the movie is that west texas is coming for him whether it's in the form of a bunch of old boys from the police department or whether it's old man jeff bridges who's retired and his only goal now is to fuck this kid up they they don't give him a punch on the shoulder and be like all right well well, good job buddy you got away with it like that's not going down that way and i mean if we're going to go you know sort of steal from the rewatchables and go i mean my number one unanswerable question here is like what do, do they does Chris, do, do he do does Chris Pine and his character does Toby and and the Shara or in the and the and Jeff Bridges character do they have, after? do they have a tea party? I think Jeff Bridges kills him. 
You think I mean, so? That's what I think happens. Really? I, I think so. And I think Jeff Bridges probably does it super calculated and like from a sniper spot where he's just like far away, watches him walk out of the hotel and shoots him in the head. And then Jeff Bridges goes back and sits on his porch for the rest of his life and is happier about it because he killed the guy that killed his buddy. Alberto's uh, family. Somebody's coming after uh, that's Chris fair. Pine because okay. he set fair. it all in motion. It, it's yeah. not like he's completely absolved of any guilt because he set all this shit in motion. If, if he doesn't start the shit three innocent people don't die. And I think that Chris Pine would be okay with that because Chris Pine was ready to die as long as he got his family set up and his boys set up. He didn't give uh, a fuck. You know what I mean? I think They're that finding if, loopholes and they're taking that fucking oil back. I think <laughs> that if Bridges, if Bridges takes him <laughs> out... No, that's why trust, he put it in the trust, Brad. bro. It's Texas Midland oh, Bank trust. trust <laughs> that's that's like, I, I love The Shield. I absolutely love the, the TV show The Shield. But one of my things that I always had a problem with is in the last, uh, the, the second last episode, spoilers, if you've never watched The Shield, go watch The Fucking This is the Shield show you told me and, earlier and today that I have to watch and now you're going to spoil I, it. I want you just to close your ears real quick. Earmuffs, yeah. please. Okay. I'm or something. Off I want you to earmuffs here. because when, when Vic Mackey. What's does, Brad saying? When he does this whole thing where he tells all the bad stuff that he did and to think that like that's just ironclad that he's not going to get in trouble because he had uh, immuni- immunity always bothers me. Immunity always wins, Brad. All right. Yeah. <laughs> immunity and trust. You can't fuck with immunity and trust. I guess right. that's the. In case you ever wanted to watch that movie, Andrew. Or that, <laughs> that, that show. T- 10, uh, 10 I, seasons seen- of that show. I've seen the shield. Uh, boy. All right. Is it dope? Do you like it? Yes, you should absolutely. These watch guys it. are like, yeah, it's so good. Fun. You got to watch it. And I, I'm like, it's, oh, it's, guys, it's it really super is. old. I don't know. Just watch the pilot. It's got one of the best pilots. It's one of, yeah, one seen, of the best. So. And one of the best endings ever too. So yeah. yeah. All right. Andrew, what are you body bagging? All right. I'm, you know, I'm stepping on some of the things you guys have said, but West Texas, that place looks, it, it looks terrible. I mean, they use it. They use it so well in the movie. Like you said, like it feels like a character. And They're trying to make it look terrible. Yeah. yeah. And it, they succeeded. Yes, they I don't do. ever want to go there. <laughs> um, yeah, it looked like there's so much. There's a lot of real estate, but there's like not a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's buildings, but there's, there's, like, all it is is old, old cowboys, basically. And. You know, everyone's got like the old guy with the gun in the bank at the beginning, and then there's the guy in the pickup who's like, "If I find him first, they'll be hanging from a tree or something." <laughs> that yeah. guy's like, kind of a caricature too. <laughs> or yeah, even even that, that guy's, Taylor, that guy's Taylor, a Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan's the guy that, that he's 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 actually like got the cows and the fires in the background, and they're yep. trying to like he kind of gives this whole little speech about how oh everything's going to shit, and like that's that's Taylor yeah. Sheridan actually giving that little. Monologue. And you have you know. You have like that whole militia at the end chasing down Ben Foster because they saw some shit go down. And they were like, "We get to use our guns. Let's go." Well, they saw somebody um, get murdered. That's that's when they when they finally come after him in droves. It's because he kills that guard or whoever it was inside of the right. bank. And then those old boys are like, "We don't stand for that shit in West Texas." Too. Even when, even How when much it, do you think cops hate that though? Like now, all these citizens are integrated. Oh, oh yeah, you saw what's his name run over to all of them and was like, "Get these fucking trucks out of here! Like, get out yeah. of here!" Yeah, I mean, because that's that's the thing. I I always think about it when people talk about concealed carry, and it's like, oh, the good guy with the gun. It's like when shit goes down and people are shooting at each other, and and you come in as a police officer, when everybody's got a gun, yeah. it's like, who is the bad guy here? Like, who am I? Who am I supposed to do, the protect or defend? Like that's yeah. and there's that's a bad guy crazy. with a gun and six other dudes with a gun, and you don't know who to shoot at. <laughs> and, 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 and that does go bad sometimes. I mean, that's that's truth. All right, so we're on to streaming recommendations because I ain't bag bad, bad, bagging anything. So Brad, you got any? I do. And uh, when it comes to, to Robin Banks, I mean, you always got to look to a, a classic of our youth and you got to go back to, of course, not the silly remake. Nobody's watching that, but oh, you got to go to Point Break. Yeah. Um, again, a conflicted situation where a guy's like in with the bank robbers, but he doesn't want to do the violent stuff, kind of like Chris Pine. He doesn't want to go that full, the, the full Monty of, of shooting people and stuff, but he, he's the involved. full Monty of bank robbing. <laughs> the full Monty when you start shooting masks folks. on dick out. Let's go. <laughs> but, uh, uh, it's on HBO max point break is a classic and, uh, two meatball subs. <laughs> Utah two two Zach you got one. I love I love Point Break and and we've had some people on this podcast that talk shit and I didn't appreciate it and I feel like Brad didn't back me up when I was like what the fuck Where, uh, <laughs> who, who talks shit who uh, you gotta remind I me because I don't remember we got we're gonna have to look back we're gonna was have it to Nate do we need to punch him no it wasn't Nate Nate likes I Nate like, likes I love it. Point Break yeah right? but no I am an FBI agent went too far 
Now you got to go down. I'm real easily going with uh, the 2017 movie Wind River, also written by Taylor Sheridan, starring uh, Andrew Cromartie and uh, the girl from <laughs> the girl from Yellowstone. Man, dude, that is a brutal one, and it's super good, and uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I believe it's on HBO Max if y'all want to watch it. I am also going with an Andrew Cromartie uh, 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 vehicle here. I'm, I'm going to send you to the town. <laughs> Uh, where Andrew Cromartie plays Jem uh, and yeah. Ben Affleck uh, in in a in a in a Charleston, uh, Massachusetts, Robin Banks in Boston movie. If you haven't seen the town, I, there are some real flaws here, but it's just so good. It's a fun ride. It's bank robbery. It's loyalty. Another one where the 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 location is a character. Like I'm all in on the town, and you got to go see it. Andrew, you got one for us. Yeah, I'm going to go the show I've been watching lately called Banshee. Okay. It, okay. it was, uh, I guess it was on Cinemax uh, back in like 2013. It takes place in like rural Pennsylvania, but it definitely has a Western vibe. Uh, the main character, he just got out of prison and he stops off at a bar and there's a shootout and the new sheriff of the town who's just showed up, he hasn't even started his job yet, uh, gets killed. And he buries his body, and he takes his identity, becomes the sheriff of this town. Hmm. And it's it's a pretty wild premise, but it's really an incredible show, because he's also moonlighting, uh, doing bank robberies and all sorts of stuff. He's still running from other criminals who are after him. Um, it It's a really great show. I highly recommend it. It's a lot of action. Nice. A lot Ooh, of, uh, which, which also has Lily Simmons in it who is in like all sorts of my favorite shit, like bone Tomahawk and true detective and Banshee and freaking, uh, what's the other one that she is in? Oh my gosh. Anyways, dig her. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. She's great. All right. So we're reshelf and we're alternate ending. We're alternate ending the, uh, the Texas hell or high water. I got me an alternate ending. Brad, Brad, he's he's, he's got it scripted out. Less dust. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've got uh, uh, Tanner and Toby. They're both able to get away after the final robbery. So it's like they actually, there's no shootout. Uh, Alberto doesn't get killed. Um, Toby handles the trust and he he pays off the debts. A few weeks later, Tanner's found by Alberto and and Jeff Bridges, uh, uh, Marcus. But but Tanner kills Alberto before escaping. So... The, the brothers are living together in a safe house and they're still trying to like lay low. Um, but, but Toby gets found by Marcus, like basically like he's getting some groceries or something. And all of a sudden it's like Mar- uh, Marcus is here. And so he basically starts talking to me. He's figured out that Tanner is the crazy one that, that he has some of the same conversations he has with Toby in the actual ending. But ultimately he convinces Toby that he'll get a lighter sentence if he helps, uh, uh, if he helps him bring in Tanner and he has to testify against him. But he says, you know what? They're going to fuck over your trust. He's like, but I'm going to pay off your debts and make sure that your family gets to keep their... So he basically puts his, his now his, like, his ties to his brother at odds, saying, I will handle those, those payments. I will make sure that your family keeps that. But you got to testify against your brother. There's no way that happens. Zero so, chance that he flips on his brother, Brad. I don't believe to save this. His, to save his, his, his kids? Nope. I don't think but even I, to save his kids, he's like not going to flip dilemma. on his brother. I like the dilemma, though. And so basically, Toby takes him back to the, the safe house, and like he's having a conversation with his brother, and it's kind of like little, like they're kind of like ribbing each other and stuff, but then all of a sudden, like, boom, Marcus comes in and takes him down, and like Toby's kind of in tears, and it's like, boom, that's how we end here, so... He, he has to, just because his, his loyalties weren't to his brother, they were to his kids. And that's, I think, the stronger bond than, than your brother. I, I, think the, I think the only way that you make this better is if you, instead of having the first 20 minutes, I love that it jumps into the story. You don't know what's happening for at least like 40 minutes. You don't know the plan. Uh, they don't have the prequel to it where they're like, oh, this yeah. is what happened to the brothers and blah, blah, blah. But I think at the end, I think you can have like, you know, Jeff Bridges walks away and gets in his car and then you cut to like an exterior scene of like some shitty house in some dusty neighborhood. And Jeff Bridges is sitting in his car and here comes Toby out of the house to go smoke a cigarette or whatever it is. And they have this confrontation and like it doesn't have to be like a big massive shootout, but maybe like almost like an understated like way that Jeff Bridges kills him. 
Ooh. And then the, the mom and the kids still, you know, get the place and get the oil. And he's not trying to do any of that bad stuff, but he gets the revenge for his uh, fallen partner and kind of just walks off into the sunset. I love that. So, so I was going to do something slightly different and, and cut the ending. So, so I was going to go like full Sopranos where right. you jump in in the middle, but then you also end in the middle. So they or have the cut it. I would. Okay. So they would get in the different vehicles and they would start to drive. They would have like kind of an emotion, the, kind of the emotional parting of ways, and then they go in different directions. And you, the camera starts to pan up like a like a uh, you know sort of a drone shot. Yeah, lots of dust, <laughs> and you see the cars driving in you know sort of in a in a basically in a V in different directions, where you start to see all the cops and everybody chasing Ben Foster's character right. and Toby going off the way, and then like you fade out so far and it fades to black and you don't know how it is. But ends. that takes away the death of his partner, which I feel like is the is the cool like knife twist that I'll, this movie. Gives. I'll fix that right now. The the better ending is when before like the family shows up on the porch with Jeff Bridges and Toby, and and there's a moment where all of a sudden it's just like looking like they're both kind of like flexing for their guns a little bit, and you can tell like okay. And then boom, now we go black where it's like, you don't know oh. did somebody get Ooh, shot. I like Sopranos. That. Yeah. That's, I think I that's like the better that. like dark. Cut I like right that there. much better. Cause then you get to keep the partner getting killed, which I like, I like that part of like why Jeff Bridges is invested in it afterwards. Cause right. and now you can killed. say somebody shot first or somebody didn't shoot or maybe they didn't shoot at all. Like, Up until that point, Jeff Bridges still is just like, Oh, I guess we're going to catch these fucking bank robbers. Whatever. Let's go. You know what I mean? Once his partner gets shot, then it's fucking real yeah, for him. He's obsessed yeah, with yeah. it. You know? and Andrew, you got any uh, alternate endings? Uh, I was going to go with kind of what Brad said, except I, I actually like his better with uh, the, the cut to black right before the potential shootout. And this is just the action movie nerd in me, but I would have liked to see the shootout, actually. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I like it the way it, I wouldn't want to change it. But if we we're going to do something alternate, yeah, I'd kind of like to see what happens there. Does Toby kill him and, you know, he's further haunted or does Jeff Bridges kill him but yeah the old man still got some reflexes like where he's like yeah i mean, I mean a little it, something it, sneaky like yeah maybe it's rocky too maybe then, they both kill each I other i was just gonna say full rocky too <laughs> i, I would love yeah, that shit could do that all right so any final thoughts fellas before we uh end end this uh texas jam andrew thanks so much for coming uh coming over and playing with us bro yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, a pleasure. And thanks, thanks for, for thanks in, for guys. jumping in and being an admin on the Facebook Rewatchables Wild West page because uh, I know that can be <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that can be traumatic, I'm sure. But but it's awesome. Yeah. It's a great it's a great page. It's a super great resource for people that love to talk movies. And uh, so keep up the it good is. work. You, you wear your badge well. Thank you do you. a good that's job. That's right. Yeah. You, 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 you. Jeff Thank Bridges, you. if there ever was one. All right. So that's <laughs> it. So next week we are going to follow Hell or High Water with what else? but the most memorable movie bank robbers. Bank so robbers. show up for that draft with your guns ready and your masks on, folks. I'm ready. I'm going to ride my horse into the fucking bank when I rob it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're out. Bye-bye. Stop!